What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the True Middle. I am your host, Paul Melakivi, and if this is your first time to to the to the True Middle. This is the place where we take a real perspective. We talk about politics, faith, business, economics from a real perspective. I'm excited to dive into things today. Today we are going to talk about why our system is broken. There is a true lack of diversity here in our political system, and we're going to get engaged in that today, sparked uh, most recently by Julian Castro dropping out of the presidential nomination. So if this is your first time tuning in, I'm looking excited to talking to y'all. Please pick up, uh, grab a chair, grab something to drink. We're going to get into this. I encourage you to engage. I encourage you to subscribe. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, comment. I'll engage in your comments. We'll talk about this later. So let's get into it. Why our system is broken. There is a lack of diversity in the system. There's a couple of things that are causing that. We'll get into those specifically um, here in a little bit. Uh, but just to recap here for you, when we started this presidential race, there were over 20 candidates for the Democratic, nom Democratic nomination. We were excited about the opportunities. This was looking great. We had some great candidates. We had over 20 people. There was Julian Castro, who was your first Latino. We had Andrew Yang, is an Asian American. We had Kamala Harris, African American woman. Cory Booker, African American male. Um, you had your average, you know, your typical old white guys, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden. You had um, <clears throat> Elizabeth Warren. Um, white woman, a woman nonetheless. You had uh, Amy Klobuchar. You had uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who was the first Hindu. So we were real excited about this diversity. There's other women. Christy uh, Gildebrand was on there. We also had uh, Tom Steyer is a billionaire that's in the race. We also have, now have Michael Bloomberg. So it was a wide, diverse range of candidates. You had a lot of choices. But what happened is that the Democratic National Committee narrowed down the field a good bit by putting in all of these qualifiers in order for them to get involved in the debates. Now, as you all know, the debates are one of the primary formats that the candidates have to reach out to reach the American people, right? It's still early. The presidential election is not until November of 2020, so this started about a year prior to the nomination. Most of the American public isn't really tuned in. We know that the current president, Donald Trump, is going to be the Republican candidate. We don't know who the Democrats are going to run. Um, and so now we have this field where there's a lot of people vying for that. But we're still early. We don't know who it's going to be. Most of us, and I don't know about you, but I know me personally, I don't have a whole lot of time in my day to sit there and focus on an election where we don't know who it's going to be. I'm not going to sit there and dig in, do a lot of research to find out who everybody is. 20 people to sit there and research. So these um, debates are a good opportunity for the candidates to introduce themselves, get on stage, talk to the American people, let us know what they're about, right? So it started 20 candidates. There was two days of the debates. They couldn't fit them all on one stage. So they had to do two days, um, you know, arguments, whether that was good or bad, but nonetheless, that's what they had to do, right? So now the Democratic National Committee has reined that in saying, okay, as it gets further along, we really need to hone in to see who were the most viable candidates. And their idea, those that are most viable candidates are those that are able to raise a certain amount of money by a certain amount of people and those that rank higher in certain polls. Now, they had to put some type of qualifications. I understand that you can't have a field of over 30, 20 people 
because um, our attention span is only so big. So find ways to ring that in. But here's the problem with that. By doing this, they really eliminated some of the more minority, more than some of the diverse candidates, right? Because here's the two ways that you qualify. Keep in mind, you raise money by a certain amount of people, a certain amount of money, and you get um, a certain percentage in certain polls, right? So you raise money. Two ways to raise money. The most traditional way to raise money is to go out and get a money donated from the average American people. You go out, you plead your case, the American people say, hey, I'm running for president, donate money to my campaign, they need money to, you know, do the things. They have um, administrative costs, they have ad advertising that they need to put out there, they need to travel around the country, so they need a team, they need a staff, they need to pay all these people. There's nothing built into our system to allow uh, money to be going to the, can the candidates, so they raise money through grassroots, they raise money through the American people. It's great that they reach out, it's great that average Americans are able to donate, but I don't know about you, um, but I'm part of the middle class, I'm part of the true middle. I'm fighting week to week just to keep up with my bills, right? I'm living paycheck by paycheck, by uh, paycheck to paycheck like most people. I know most people are. Um, and so we don't have a whole lot of disposable income to donate to political campaigns, especially when it's so early in the stage. So right away, your average Americans in the middle class are going to be at a disadvantage because we don't really have the money to donate to support the type of candidates that we like. Number two, if we do have money to donate, it's going to be in the $10, $20, You know, if you're lucky, maybe $100 or so. But not the type of money that these rich people have, that the millionaires, the billionaires, the top 10% of America has. Those that are more actively involved in, in politics because they're actively engaged to make sure legislation and rules get passed that are in their favor, that benefit them. They have unlimited resources. Um, so by the fact that they have to raise their own money to these to these campaigns is going to put some of our diverse and minority candidates at a disadvantage because let's face it, the minority communities historically have less disposable income to contribute to political campaigns. There was a great question that came up in the 6th debate in Los Angeles. They asked Andrew Yang how he feels about being the only candidate of color on stage. His response was perfect. He said, I'm honored. Um, but disappointed and disappointed because there were so many other great people that could have been on stage with him. His reason for him being there is quite simple. I think he nailed um, the nail on the head. He said, in order to contribute to political campaigns, people need to have disposable income in order to contribute. At this early stage of the game, um, at this particular part, those in the middle class, those that are more representative of the minority and diverse communities do not have the type of money that they can dedicate to go into these political campaigns. So right away, we're at a disadvantage. So because of that, these minority candidates that are very well educated, um, a lot of them that spent a lot of time in government, they were congressmen, they were senators, um, some of them served in other presidents' administrations. Very talented, very capable people that have some great ideas to bring to the table. Ideas that will really push the middle class forward. They're being left out of the conversation now because they didn't have the money to raise. Number two is polling. Where are they getting these poll numbers from? In order for the candidates to qualify for the debates, they have to meet certain thresholds and a certain amount of polls by certain deadlines. Now, this was totally arbitrary. It was made up by the Democratic National Committee. They've changed it as they've gone on. They made it more strict and strict as it goes forward. But keep in mind that 
These polls that they're conducting are a random selection of people. I don't know who they're polling and how they can say that a, a random poll is going to be reflective of how we vote as a country, who uh, the country supports, what candidate is best for the country. I've been pretty engaged. I've been in politics for years. I've been following this a long time. I have not received any phone calls whatsoever polling me on who my candidate of choice is for the Democratic Party. Not one. So I know if they would have called me, I would have given my input. It may have changed things a little bit more. If they call people like me, if they call people like, have you gotten any phone calls? I doubt you got any phone calls. Um, because if you did, I'm sure you would have expressed your interest one way or the other for maybe some candidates that aren't on stage. So the polling is, is, is a huge detriment. I don't know where they're getting these these numbers from. I don't know who they're polling, but the fact that they have reached certain thresholds from a certain amount of polls is a problem. The second problem to this, guys, and pay attention to this, is that they raised the qualifications for the January debate that they have to reach a certain threshold and a certain amount of polls. Since raising that threshold, they haven't even conducted any polls. So Andrew Yang was very vocal on this. I know Cory Booker was very vocal on this as well. You can't put qualifications in and then have no measurement to see whether we met those qualifications. The debate's in a couple weeks, guys, and there hasn't been any polls in the field for these candidates to really gauge where they are at this point in time, to be reflective of what the hard work that they've done, the millions of Americans that contributed to their campaigns. I think a lot of these candidates have some very, very valid ideas, some important ideas that need to be discussed that's not being discussed by the rest of the field. So what we have, you know, last debate we had seven people, right? We had old white man Biden, we had old white man Sanders, we had old white woman Warren, we had um, young white man Pete Buttigieg, we had Asian American Andrew Yang, we had billionaire Tom Steyer. Um, you know, some good candidates. Um, the top tier candidates are going to be the old white regime, Biden, Sanders, and Warren. These are the ones that are pulling on top. There's a toss-up for fourth right now. It seems to be Buttigieg is fourth in the polls. But here's a problem with all of this, right? You have these candidates. They go up on the debate stage. They talk about their ideas. Yes, some of them are, are okay, but it's mo mostly the norm, right? They're politicians. They've been involved in the game for a long time. They're a little out of touch with reality. They haven't been in the middle class for how long? These are millionaires. I mean, they're they're serving the government, but most of the people up on stage there are millionaires, so they don't know what the middle class is like. They talk to some middle class people on their campaign. They try to get feedback um, from some constituents, but at the end of the day, they don't know what it's like to live paycheck by paycheck. If they did at some point in time, they've forgotten what it's like in today's society, right? So it's a huge problem in our politics that those that are left remaining are not representative of the true middle class, and we need to do something about it. We need to change it. I am intrigued um, by some things that this campaign brought to the stage this year. You know, you have two billionaires that are fighting for the candidacy. You have Tom Steyer, you have Michael Bloomberg. Uh, I applaud Michael Bloomberg for his decision to not accept any donations. Um, he is a billionaire. He has unlimited treasure chest. Um, I did a video on this earlier, what Michael Bloomberg's entrance into the race means. You might want to check that out. Um, we talked about his candidacy a little bit and some of the unique things that that brings. But here's my thought on it. If you have billions of dollars and you want to run for president, then take your money and run for president. Spend it on what you want to do. 
um, and present yourself to the American people. There's no reason for you with your unlimited resources to come and ask of me, who's fighting week by week to pay my bills to keep afloat, to take my hard-earned money to donate to you so you can become president. You have the resources to do it yourself. Do it. But here's the problem with that. Even with that, with that um, decision that he's not going to accept any donations, you are never going to see Michael Bloomberg on a debate stage um, through this primary process because the Democratic National Committee decided that one of the criteria, remember, is the amount of donations that you received, a certain amount of donations from a certain amount of people. Michael Bloomberg is his own donor. There's one person donating to his campaign, and that's himself. So by the fact that he's not accepting any donations, he's automatically disqualified from the debates. Guys, that is a huge problem. We don't get to see his ideas. We don't need to, we, we're not introduced to him. We don't get to see how he interacts with the other candidates up on stage um, in order for us to form an opinion as to whether or not he's the right candidate for us. So there's some huge problems. The third problem, why there's a lack of diversity in our system is because of this primary um, process that we have set up. You have all these states that each do their own primary elections. Some of them are caucuses, some of them are actually elections, but basically you're taking people that are registered Democrats in most states. Some states Republicans can get involved too, but in most of the states you have to be a Democrat to participate in the Democratic primary. Number one, you're eliminating all of the independents, all the libertarians, all the Republicans, people that may actually want to vote for one of these candidates. Just because they're a registered Republican doesn't mean that they might want to vote for one of these Democrats in the election this year. So right away we are missing the entire population of Republicans, independents, and libertarians and what their thoughts are, how they're going to um, vote this year. So what they feel doesn't matter, in essence, when it comes to this, this polling, right? Um, the, this primary process. I understand there has to be a way for us to whittle down um, to see what people in the states are feeling, to see what is going to be the most viable candidate. But keep in mind, the early states that are voting, New Hampshire, Iowa, those are the first two states. There's a lot of emphasis. You'll hear them talking about them a lot. And that's because those are the first two states to hold their um, primary elections. They are not representative of the country, guys. They are not representative of the true middle class throughout the entire United States. Let's face it. They're mostly a white populated state. You know, forget about California, Pennsylvania, uh, New York, some of these states that go later on in the process. So right away, again, you have your white candidates that are going to have an advantage in the early primary states. And oftentimes these early primary states kind of set the trend, set the momentum for what's going to go on down the road. They're not going to vote for some of these more diverse candidates unless it's, you know, a miracle for the most part. So guys, our system is broken. We need to fix it. There's a couple ways we can fix this. We need to get involved. We need to get involved. Hey, I get it. I understand. Um, a lot of you out there are, are discouraged. Um, you're fed up with the system. You feel hopeless. You feel as though I'm one person. My one vote is not going to make a difference in the scheme of things. Because you know what? The people that truly go out there and vote, that are dedicated, 
the millionaires, the billionaires, the people that have a lot of skin in the game are going to go out there and they're going to vote. And I'm part of a minority group or, or what have you. My one vote isn't going to matter. Well, guess what? That's the wrong thinking. Because of that, um, I really think that we are at a disadvantage at, on, on the elections. You need to get engaged. I don't care um, <clears throat> what history has showed you. You're disappointed. We've all been disappointed in our candidates where they say one thing, they get up there, and then they don't follow through on what they've promised that they were going to do for various reasons, right? Because of the system, because of money, because of influence, uh, whatever. They get up there, they want to do one thing, they're not able to do it. Uh, but it's not going to change, guys, unless we get engaged, and we get engaged at more than just the presidential election. The president is just one person. He needs a Congress and a Senate uh, to really support his, his initiatives, and those are done at more state levels. So you have to vote for your legislators, you have to vote for your congressmen, you have to vote for your senators in your state. Uh, if we can get a higher diverse selection of representatives within the government, then when we do get a presidential candidate that we, that we support that shares our values, it's more likely that they'll be able to pass some legislation and some policies to benefit us, right? Um, so don't get discouraged, guys. You have to get out and participate. There's a lot of things that is wrong with our system. We'll talk about that in future broadcasts coming up down the road. Um, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I encourage you to make some comments. Uh, I'd like to get you engaged in this conversation. Tell me, what do you think? What do you think about our system? Is the system broken? Is it democracy that's broken? Is it because of the way that we hold our elections? Or is our system broken because of capitalism and the influence of money in politics? Um, there are some candidates that have some, some good policies we're going to introduce. Um, number two, guys, what we need to do is we need to keep the debate, we need to keep the conversation going on some of these policies that some of these candidates represented that they put forth that aren't able to push their agenda now because they've dropped out. Cory Booker, who's officially, I mean, he's still in the campaign, but he didn't make the last debate. He's not going, chances are he's not going to make the January debate, so limited amount of time where he's going to be able to have an influence. Um, he is one of the few candidates that really is pushing forth an agenda to talk about entrepreneurship, business ownership um, in your minority communities as a way to empower the community. Guys, we need to get engaged. We need to keep this conversation alive. We need to look at some real ideas that are going to help us in the middle class. We need to hold those that are still on that debate stage accountable. It's up to the moderators, it's up for the public to mention these, to make sure that these they're aware of the issues that are important to us. Another idea, this is the universal basic income. Andrew Yang is running on this platform. I'm hoping that he still is able to stick around in the January debate. Um, I have a, a broadcast that you can check out. It's going to be on what is universal basic income, um, why I support this, why I think it's great for those of us in the middle class. Um, and again, this is an issue that if Yang is not in the debate, if you don't hear, if Yang is not in the debate, this is an issue that will not be brought up. It's going to be put on the table. We're not going to hear about it again for at least another four years until there's another presidential election. Guys, there's a lot of people, a lot of powerful people, a lot of people in the know that are really behind this particular idea. It's something that's been around for a long time, but who's pushing it? Nobody's pushing it. Andrew Yang is your only guy pushing it. So, again, if he's left out of the debate um, because he's not able to meet certain polling numbers or certain, you know, donation numbers, then guess what, guys? We're never going to hear about it. You're not going to know about it. Um, 
<clears throat> you can't expect all of us to go on and take a look at all the candidates. All uh, I mean, I guess there's maybe 10 viable candidates right now. Um, go on their websites and spend hours of our time researching them, looking at their policies. There's a few people that are really engaged that like this type of stuff that are going to go in and do it. But I mean, let's face it, you're working. Some of you are working two jobs, three jobs. You're trying to manage life. You got children. You're trying to, to balance work, life. You're trying to find a little bit of leisure time. You're trying to find time to spend with your family. You're dedicating your, your, your life to your work. Only so much we can do, guys. I mean, we can't spend you know, all this time researching candidates and doing our reading. So these debates are really one of the ways that we're able to sit down in a limited amount of time and try to get a good idea of the candidates, try to hear who they are, where they stand, what kind of policies are going to put forth. I encourage you guys, if you like what I have to say, if you want to get involved in this, in this conversation, subscribe, comment, um, get engaged in the conversation, guys. We have a lot of um, stuff coming your way. I'll be posting content on a regular basis. Um, so stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe so you're notified when I have new broadcasts coming out. We got a lot of uh, bonus material that you may be privy to if you're, if you're following on YouTube. I thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it's going to be some exciting times. It's going to be some fun times. Stay tuned here to The True Middle. I'm your host, Paul Melikivi. I will see you the next time. Take care.